0: If you got a Bible, turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Uh, we're wrapping up our series entitled Chasing the Wind, uh, looking at Solomon's uh, wise words uh, to uh, his readers, that being us, just about how um, uh, chasing things other than the Lord is essentially uh, like chasing the wind. And we've looked at the last few weeks, and uh, we've highlighted his life, his story, right? If you don't know him, he was the wisest man to ever live, man, had all the riches and the wealth in the world, but ended up getting turned, uh, you know, led astray, essentially, uh, and uh, lived a life for a season, a fast life, uh, pursuing uh, everything under the sun, and Uh, come to find out right and he talks about it all throughout uh, this book that man it is meaningless man his his life in pursuit of uh, uh, this stuff under the sun at the end of the day man it was meaningless to him Uh, he didn't mention you know there's nothing wrong with having those things but if if those things are the end right he categorizes it as man meaningless because it's just like a vapor man that stuff's here today uh, and gone tomorrow right uh, is what he mentions here Uh, And so uh, last week we looked at some of his wise sayings, wise uh, words uh, in Ecclesiastes 7 highlighted how it really reads like a proverb uh, and we walked through what that looks like and and now we want to end the uh, series by uh, going to the last chapter in Ecclesiastes chapter uh, 12 Uh, and you'll see in verses 1 through 8 uh, essentially he's encouraging the readers right so that may be young hey remember God in your youth hey look to follow him in your youth i.e don't waste time which that's a whole sermon in and of itself right to those of us in here man that uh, you know are still young uh, students in here right that may be allured by man the stuff that you see on social media or stuff you see in the world man that uh, you might be allured by right the stuff of this world hey listen that stuff man is just gonna leave you empty in the end man hey chase after the Adults in here, man, that may be young, hey, let's look to live for God now. Let's look to invest, right, in our kids and give them Jesus now. Let's look to live for him now. Remember him in our youth. And then he ends in verses 11 through 14 uh, by giving us just some uh, last words, if you will, right, to to wrap up uh, this letter. Man, if there's something that he could say, if he could just put a bow on all that he had mentioned, Um, he puts a bow in saying these last words. And so uh, Ecclesiastes 12, we're going to start in verse 11. If you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. Uh, if you don't have a word with you, it's all good. The verses will be on the screen. But but this is what the word of the Lord says. He's wrapping up his thought um, from verses 12, 1 through 8, He's wrapping up his thought in verse 11 and 12, and then verse 13 and 14, uh, he ends it. But we're going to start in verse 11. This is what he said. It says. says, it's the words of the wise are like goads. Or cattle prods. To be honest with you, I had to look up that word goad. I'd never I'd never seen that word before, but I found out it's like a cattle prod, you know, that you use to prick, to uh, get folks, get cattle moving in the right direction. Words of the wise are like goads and like nails, firmly fixed are, are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end. And much study is a weariness of the flesh. And then verse 13. The end of the matter. All has been heard. Listen, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Or as uh, many commentators uh, translate in the original Hebrew here, that this is right the call for all mankind. There's another way you can phrase that. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. I believe here Solomon is giving, essentially in these few short verses, right, to, uh, the purpose essentially for mankind. He wraps up, man, his, his, uh, whole book in Ecclesiastes, right, talks about how he's chased this stuff in this life, how it's meaningless in the end, and he wraps up by essentially giving us mankind's purpose. The purpose for our life and how we ought to live. And ideally that's how I, that's how I've titled the sermon today, The Purpose of Mankind. Purpose of, man. Kind of. Why don't we pray together and then jump into the word. Lord God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for this, uh, this great book. Oh, Lord, this book um, that uh, when we first read it, it could come off as a little dreary, as a little dark, if we're being honest, but uh, it's just Solomon sharing uh, just his heart, the reality of his heart, Lord, and how he had seemingly wasted so many years chasing the stuff of this life that in the end doesn't matter. And I pray that it would be a warning sign. His life would be a warning sign for all of us. or to understand what the purpose of mankind really is. God, I pray that you would speak to us over these next few moments. Meet us here, wherever we're coming from. I just... Ask and pray that, Lord, you would meet us. Speak to us, Lord. They need a word from you. They need to hear from you today through your word. And so, Lord, I ask and pray, Lord, that we would hear from you and that we would choose to respond to you. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. I want to focus uh, primarily on verses 13 and 14 in this sermon, but... I didn't read verses 11 and 12 by accident. It's interesting here. Like I said, Solomon is wrapping up his uh, point of the first part of the chapter by talking about these wise sayings, what he's shared, right? Ideally, the, the word and its importance, right? And, and he speaks to how it is like a cattle prod, man, encouraging folks to move in the right direction. And I, also how they're like nails that are firmly fixed on something. He speaks to, man, the importance of the truth, of the word, of the word. And what got me thinking, uh, 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 and that got me thinking rather of this simple reality. Hey, in order for us to know and understand the purpose of mankind, listen, we have got to understand essentially the nails, the what I call non-negotiable truths pertaining to our life and faith as a Christian. Purpose statements, if you will, that we can hang our hat on, even though culture may be shifting and, and preaching one thing, right? Uh, that may be an opposition to truth. Truth that we can hang on to in light of that shifting. Truth that we can hang on to, man, in light of, man, the world changing. And so before we jump into the crux of the message, I want to highlight a couple of these purpose statements for the life of the Christian that we can hold on to. Truth that is non-negotiable in our walk with uh, the Lord. And I want to walk through these fairly quickly. You can write these down. They'll be on the screen as well. But the first... Purpose statement, non-negotiable truth that we can hold on to today is this. Hey, God is creator. He's creator. Genesis 1-1 tells us that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and listen, they, there may be, like I said, in schools today, they're teaching something totally different. But that doesn't change what the truth is. God is creator. He's creator. And we've got to understand that. Listen, it's us understanding that that we are from and God's uh, creation, right, that that we see and possess value uh, in light of this world. Folks that think that we came up from some accident, man, hey, that really just devalues the individual. We've got to understand that God is creator and hang on to that truth, that purpose statement. Second purpose statement is this. Hey, we've got to understand that Jesus is Lord. Lord. He was more than, hey, more than just some man that walked there, no, he's Lord. Say, Pastor, where where can you find evidence of that? Obviously, we know Philippians 2 speaks of that. But remember, in in the book of John, whenever uh, Jesus is having that conversation with one of those uh, Pharisees, right? And he makes this statement, you know, they're talking about, you know, talking about all these things. Man, hey, Abraham's our father, man. Hey, listen, no, hey, we prescribed him. You remember, Jesus said, hey, before Abraham was, I am, spoke to the fact that he's Lord. Lord. Jesus is Lord, and, and here's the reality. He's can it be awesome? He's Lord, whether you've made him Lord yet or not. He one day, hey, you're gonna have. To, we're gonna bow to him one or two ways. You're either gonna bow to him as hey Lord and Savior, or you're gonna bow to him, hey, as Lord and man. Ultimately, man, the, the Judge that since is gonna send you to a lifetime without him. And so, hey, my encouragement to you is, hey, choose to bow to him as Lord and Savior one day. Man, make him Lord of your life today. Jesus is. Lord. Third purpose statement that we've got to hold on to as believers is this. Hey, the Bible is God's word. It's God's word. And, and again, I know these are elementary saints you may say, Pastor, I've been in church a long time. I've heard of all these things. It'd be interesting, man. How many folks, man, that claim the name of Christ that struggle to believe this. Hey, the Bible is God's word. It's more than just some collection of statements, you know, or a collection of words. Man, it's God's word. God breathes. Second Timothy three tells us it's his word. It's his word. It's his word. And that changes everything. That changes the way we approach reading this word, reading this book. Man, we've got to understand that the Bible is God's word. Fourth purpose statement. Hang on to as believer is this. Man, marriage is one man and one woman for life. One man, one woman for one life. I know culture shifted things, but the reality is, man, that, that, that's God's design. One man, one woman for one life. Time. And by the way, I'm going and throw this in free charge. Those of you, man, that, that unfortunately have walked through divorces, hey, there's grace that's available there. That doesn't mean that you're, you, man, you're unfit, man, to serve in God's church and his kingdom. Bless God, there's grace there. And you can still walk in him and follow him. But man, God's design is marriage, one man, one woman, four in life. Next purpose statement is this. Hey, gender is given by God and sexuality is determined by him. Gender is given by God and sexuality is determined by him. Man, God, it it says it, Genesis 1. God made him male and female. He made them. Made them. Man, gender has been given by God and sexuality determined by him. Those of you who may be struggling, right, uh, uh, you know, with identifying with, you know, homosexuality or or having, uh, you know, feelings or attraction to someone of the same sex. The good news is, hey, man. The power of Jesus Christ, man, you hey you can say no to those feelings. You can give those feelings to him, man, and let him work in your life. We don't have to succumb to our feelings in Christ, man. We don't have to succumb to those feelings. And we can choose to follow him in obedience anyway. Amen. Next purpose statement. Walking through these quick. It's on the screen here. Humanity is sinful, separated from God, and needs salvation. Humanity is sinful, separated from God, and needs salvation. Maybe you're like me. Hey, listen, you know, been saved for a little while. I'm a preacher, brother Lynn, and sometimes, man, I forget that I was once lost. <laughs> I forget that. I forget at times that, man, oh, man, I'm, I'm I'm a sinner saved by grace still. The reality is, man, we are. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, man, hey, for all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Man, man we're sinners. Sinners. And we need salvation. It doesn't, doesn't matter how long we've been in church. doesn't matter how many Bible verses we know. Listen, we, we still are in need of salvation. And by the way, just throw it, go and throw this in for no charge too. Hey, it's, it's that understanding, man, that we are sinners saved by grace that, hey, gives us a greater appreciation of the gift that we've received in him. And don't forget what he's done for your life. But, oh, the, hey, bad news is we're sinful, but the next purpose statement I want to shout here. Next purpose statement is this. Christ Jesus died for our sin on the cross, and he rose again. He died. He died. First Corinthians 15 tells that man, he died on the cross, and then he rose, man, on the third day. feet Feeding death. He's alive and well today. That's imperative for the child of God to believe, man. Do, do you believe that? He, he really did die for it. He rose from the grave. Then the next purpose statement. Hey, salvation is by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. Salvation is by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. Acts 4.12. Hey, no other name under heaven by which man can be saved other than the name of Jesus. Can can I be honest with you? Uh, Listen, they may be good folks, but man, hey, Muhammad can't save you. Hey, Buddha, he can't save you. Confucius can't save you Some of these self-proclaimed folks that think that they're God Hey, they can't save you Hey, no other name But the name of Jesus, man It's only through him that we are saved And salvation is by grace alone Through faith alone in Christ And then the last statement is this Man, Jesus is coming again To reign as king over this world A man and his children will reign along with him He's coming back one day Some of you guys, man, that are weary of, man, this world and the struggles that are there. Hey, listen, number one, this is our temporary home. Number one. Number two, hey, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. And we're going to reign with him forever, man. That's good news right there. It's Good news. And even if you've heard it a million times, hey, let me tell you for the millionth and first time, he's coming back again. I going to reign with him. The purpose statements that we've got to hold on Too man these words that are like nails man that we cling so closely to man for the christian man these are so important for us to hang on to and it's interesting in verse 12 man he says hey be careful man not to do any kind of research or study man outside of this you may say pastor what he what is he saying he's not simply saying hey you can't read any other books you know some of you in here that are thinking oh man is that saying i can't read you know dr seuss books to my kids anymore not saying that and that's, you know, not saying you can't read any other books. Hey, hey, what it is saying, though, is, hey, be careful. Right. Not to make the readings of those books. Hey, at the end. As we see Paul talk about here, man, hey, knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. He's, he said that before. Be, hey, be careful, man. Not to. Spend more time, man, in, you know, taking it, taking in the, uh, the, the stuff of this world, reading of this world more so than you're taking in God's Word in this book. Man, fill yourself with the man, knowledge of the truth of His Word. All that being said, hey, if we are to walk in God's purpose for our lives, we must first have nailed down the core truths of His Word. Even though the world may shift in thought processes and preach, you know, wisdom and truth in their own eyes. Man, we ought to hold on to the truth of God's word. And that's what Solomon is highlighting here. And with that being said, he gets into now. Hey, man's purpose. For our life, what is man mankind's purpose? I believe many highlights man three purposes for mankind. First purpose is this. You see the beginning part of verse 13. Hey, the first purpose purpose for mankind is this to fear God he says it right there in the open you know I'm not making up because he says it right there fear God and keep his commandments the first thing that Solomon says in summing up his thought right on life right in man's call for the life is man to fear God to fear him fear him man and to walk in his ways as I've said before right uh Uh, We see uh, St. Augustine, right? uh, I've quoted him before. He made this statement before, right? That uh, we uh, were made, God had made us for himself, and our hearts are restless until we rest in him, right? It's that same understanding, right? That's what it speaks of, whatever it talks about, man, fearing God, fearing God. and his understanding who he is, man, and what he's done for our life. Dr. Stan, Dr. Charles Stanley puts it this way. Right. Fearing God is having an understanding that he is the awesome and sovereign God, awesome and sovereign God. It speaks to this reverence right to this to the Lord, man. It speaks to this this deep and profound respect for the Lord, for who he is and what he has done for our life. And so the duty, the purpose of man is to have a deep respect, a deep fear, reverence for him. That'll lead to worshiping him, not just with our lips, but with our life, having a deep respect for the Lord. Is that can that be said of your life? You have a deep fear of him. So, I me, mean, whenever I speak of fear, you, you, you hear man being afraid of God, you're afraid that he's, he's going to strike you dead. Man, that's not a healthy fear of him. Yes, he is, man, the God, the God of wrath, but, but that's not the fear that's being talked about here, man. It's having a deep respect for him because of who he is and what he has done. Deuteronomy 10, 17 puts it this way. For the Lord your God is, a God, is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. We ought to have a fear of him. Can, can, can I be honest with you today? Maybe some of you, it, it's been a long time since you've been able to worship, man, because and you don't have a deep reverence for the Lord. I man, you understand, hey, that that he's close to you. You understand, man, that, that he, he's like a friend to you. But closeness... Right, to you, in proximity, right, him being close to you, man, in your mind, equates to you being able to, quote unquote, disrespect him by how you live for him. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? We all have that friend that we grew up with, you know, uh, I, I had, right, that, uh, man, you were super close, y'all were, y'all were buddies, right? But because of how close y'all were together, they thought that it was totally cool to disrespect you, disrespect your stuff. Right, I had, man, I had several of those friends, man, they come over, man, and they thought they could just, you know, wreak wreak havoc in my house. And I thought I could do the same thing to them, man, because we're close. Hey, man, we're just bros. Oh, my bad, man, I broke that. Oh, hey, hey, it's all good, man. Hey, we're cool. It's all good. It's like, man, hold on. Or the friend, you know, as you get towards driving, man, driving, they think that, brother Dwayne, they have the audacity to touch your radio. You got something playing? Playing some jams? Maybe you relate to that more, man. They, they, they think, hey, because y'all are close, they can touch your radar. Nah, nah, player. N- listen, we're hey, this is <laughs> this is my car. Don't touch my stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, closeness to them, right, equates to essentially, man. Hey, being able to disrespect them. And sadly, in the same way, man, we have that thought process when it comes to God sometimes. Hey, he's close to us. Man, he saved us by grace, man. We're Hey. I, I can live however I want to. Man, I can be apathetic, you know, in, in how I choose to follow him. I can be apathetic in my witness toward him. Man, because you have a misunderstanding. Him. Yes, he is close to us, man. He's near. But also, man, hey, he's the great and awesome guy, man, that is worthy of respect. And by the way, man, demands it. And so what Solomon is saying here for us as, man, God's people, hey, the call for us is to fear the Lord. Fear the Lord, man, know that he's close to us, but also know because of who he is and what he's done for us, man, he deserves reverent respect, and that is shown in worship, shown in worshiping him, which, by the way, hey, worship, man, is more, you know, than just simply lifting your hands and singing, although we ought to do a little bit more of that just personally, bless God, we got a reason to sing, you know. Um, I wish I had a meme of, man, that I saw the other day of, uh, you know, uh, I think the the, top, the caption was Baptist, you know, worship service, and it's some dude, Man, that looks, I mean, infuriated. And they got they got like an old hymn singing in the background. Y'all probably know it if you've seen it. Those of you, you know, other folks are like, man, what are you talking about? But it's pretty funny. I'll get it one day. Show it to you. But but sometimes that's how it feels. You know, whatever it comes, man. to worship that time, man. We ought to get excited and raise our hands. But but also worship, man. Hey, it is those moments, man, when you're broken. Lay him prostrate, man, before the Lord. We don't have any words to say. Man, those moments when you're in contemplation, man, of his goodness and what he's done in your life. And worship encompasses all those things. And so, man, fear, of the, fear in the Lord is understanding who he is and what he's done for us and how that leads to worship. Psalm one, move on, And then I'll move on to the next point. It says this, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Listen, how how do you view the Lord today? Some of the reason why you're struggling to fear him is because your view of him is skewed. And choose to have a right understanding of who he is and what he has done. Second point here, second purpose that we see here in ecclesiastes 12 is this or not only fear the lord but follow his commands Follow His commands he says that in the second part of verse 13 man fear god and keep his commandments keeping the original language speaks to observance obeying following protecting honoring right he just, solomon says man he discovered at the end of the life right that the call for us is to fear God and keep His commandments. And, and what's interesting, Brother Lynn, is this, that, that fearing God and keeping His commandments, many uh, scholars, right, many uh, folks that have studied this passage, right, they believe that, man, these two calls are inextricably linked. Listen, one commentary puts it this way, right? Conduct derives from worship. Derives from worship. It's only when you're able to, man, appropriately fear the Lord, understand who He is, see who He is, and worship him, that you're able to properly, man, follow and obey his commandments. They're connected, inextricably linked. They can't be broken. So what that means is who or what you worship will dictate who or what you choose to follow in obedience. And so the call for us is to follow his commands. You may say, Pastor, what are those commandments? Well, I'm glad you asked. Maybe some of you are thinking, man, you talking about all the Old Testament laws, 613 laws, you know, the Mosaic laws, what it's called, man, the, the moral, the ceremonial, civil, all those different laws. Talk about following that. Well, I'll answer it this way, right? What it means by following commandments is, man, choosing to follow, man, the whole purpose and will, man, God in your life. So one commentary puts it, man, following, man, the whole purpose and will of God for life. So it's saying yes to the stuff that God has called for us to follow, and it's saying no to the stuff that he tells us not to do. Following his whole purpose and will. You, you guys aren't getting it. Maybe I'll go to this. Matthew 22, verse 34 through 40. It's on the screen here. Jesus right speaks to this whenever he's talking to the religious leaders uh, there. Right? The, these religious leaders are trying to trap him, trying to get him to, to fall, if you uh, will. Trying to get him to say something he didn't want to say. Right? And this is what he says, pertaining to the law. Look what he says. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, another religious group that, man, Jesus silenced, they were trying to trap him, they gathered together, man, and conspired. Imagine being in, in that scene, by the way, man. Here we are, man, we're conspiring against Jesus, son of God. Hey, imagine getting to a point. Man, in your dogma, where you find yourself, man, conspiring against the Son of God. Interesting. They gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Says this teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all of the law and prophets. Man, Jesus is saying this. Hey, love God and love people, man. And, it, and it, man, that, that encompasses all the law. Love him with all you got, man. Following God's commandments, man, is choosing to love him with all you have. And choosing to love others. As well, and you love God, man, by listening to what what He says in His Word, and not doing what He tells you not to do, man. And choose to love others, man, by living to serve them, go after them. And so we got to be folks that follow His commandments. Follow His commandments. I think there's. Now move on to the third and final point. I'm feeling a little. Feeling a little loose today, so let me go and throw this in free of charge. I had in the notes, didn't know if I was going to go with it, but I'm going to go with it anyways, brother Adam. I think there's, you know, some folks that get a little, you know, tied up, a little confused whenever it comes to following the commandments, following the law, right? And it really impacts their Christian life. Some of you in here, right? Uh, you live under the standard of, um, you know, law without grace, and so man, you hey, you live, you know, live a life. Where, man, you, you feel like God wants you, man, to essentially be perfect. And that is the, the pursuit of it there. Pursuit of, you know, pursuit of your life is, is to be perfect. That, man, if you fall, man, God's going to strike you dead. I.E., legalism. Law without grace. Oh, without grace. And, man, that, hey, that's a dangerous place to live, man. That's a tough place to live. Because we know we're not perfect. And then there's the other side, right, that, that lives essentially, you know, this thought of grace without any kind of law. You know, Jesus' blood, man, is a get-out-of-hell-free card. So I can live however I want, man, and in and, and the end it'll come together. Man, I'll, come, I'll go to church every one, once in a while, man, to say a confession or two. But I'm not really looking to live to follow, follow God any until I come to my deathbed and, man, he'll take me up. And I know the word says, man, I'll barely escape hell's flames, but there's no real desire to want to follow him. Grace without law. That's liberalism. liberalism. Listen, the call for the Christian life, man, is... Man, to look to follow God, pursue Him with our whole life. Man, knowing that we're going to stumble. But knowing that there's grace that is available. Amen. Aren't you glad for grace? Glad for grace. Pastor Greg, I'm, remember that old hymn? Man, grace that is greater? Y'all remember that? Man... True. I'm thankful for grace. Grace that can pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all my sins. Listen, as his people, man, let's choose to follow his commandments. Follow his commandments today. As Solomon mentioned here. And then third, then lastly, and I'm done. Is this, man. The purpose of mankind. Yes, to fear the Lord. Man it's to follow his commandments. And then thirdly, and lastly, it's to finish well. Verse 14. Look what it says: For God will bring every deed into judgment, with every secret thing, whether good or even or good or evil. Man, Solomon mentions this at the end of the day. Hey, judgment's coming, and one day God's gonna man bring every deed to light. As we talked about, I believe it was a couple weeks ago, right? The realities of judgment. Hey. There's two types of judgment: judgment for the lost and judgment for the saved. All of us gonna go through judgment one day, and so the call for us as His people, man, is to finish well, live life well, but but finish well, finish well. Let's continue to be all in for Him. Some of us, man, hey, I know we're just getting, you know, getting started with life. You know what I'm saying? But man, the call for us is to continue to be steadfast. Man, those of you right that, that are entering in the fourth quarter of life, hey, finish well. Finish well. Take heed of Solomon's advice, man, because he was one that struggled to finish well. Let's Look to live lives at the end of the day that we don't regret. Let's look to finish well. What does that consist of, finishing well? I just put some thoughts down here. They're not on the screen, but I just put some some thoughts down here that that speak to that as I was spending time with the Lord prepping for this message that he, he just brought to me. What does it look like to finish well? Well, it's stuff that you already know, but I'll go ahead and say it, man. Finishing well consists of this, man, surrendering all to him. We surrendered our lives over to Jesus, right, when we trusted in him as Lord and Savior. He runs our life now. But the call to surrender is an everyday surrender. It says here at the end of the day, man, God's going to bring those secret sins light. So the stuff in your life that you're hiding from him, man, surrender to him now. Give it to him now. This, man, the stuff that you get, this you know, quote unquote, skeletons in your closet. Man, hey, give them to the Lord now. He already knows about them anyway. Give them to him now. Hey, I, I've said this before, but I'll go ahead and say it again, right? Hey, because if not, hey, here's what happens. Man, what you choose to cover, man, God uncovers. But hey, hey, what you choose to uncover, God covers. Amen. Man, so choose to give it to him. Man, surrender all to him. Surrender your life. Those of you, man, you've got plans. You know, and it doesn't seem like God is following through on those plans. Man, hey, give those plans to him. Let them work. Those of you going through a tough time, man, struggles in life. Hey, listen, give give it to the Lord. Surrender to him. Man, surrender all to him. That's how we're going to be able to finish well in these days. Man, surrendering our life to him. And then secondly and lastly, And finishing well, I believe, consists of this, man. Serving him with your life. Serving him with your life. Man, hey, whenever we turned and trusted in Jesus, hey, listen, we became children of God, but also we became servants of him as well. Servants of others. We've all, man, we've all been placed on assignment, man, to serve him. Man, to serve others. And so choose, man, to serve him with your life. Invest. Man, invest in the life of those that are around you that look to build God's kingdom. Man, serve the church. Man, get plugged into the church. Man, serve that neighbor. Hey, parents, serve your kids. Pour in and invest in them. Give them Jesus stuff. going to last for eternity. Man, give to those that are in need. Man, give to the local church that build God's kingdom. Man, serve him with your Life. Hey, because, hey, it's more blessed to give than to receive. We hear that when, we say that, you know, often whenever we talk about giving, you know, uh, of our finances. But also, man, it speaks to giving of your time as well. More blessed to give than to receive. Time we're not going to have, have back. And, man, it's such a convicting thing for me. So easy, man. I, I just want to have all the time myself and say in the name of, quote unquote, self-care, man. Hey, I, oh, I just I need all this extra time for me. When in reality, man, hey, Brother Roy, it's just me being lazy. I just want to chill. You know, I'm just, man, I'm a, you know, minister, man, I serve people for a living. But, man, that, that neighbor across the street, man, doesn't know the Lord. I've got time to be able to jump in and serve that. And so, listen, man, let's, let's serve them with our life. Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. Serve them with our life. Finishing well. Finishing well. I'll end with uh, this story. Someone I believe finished well. I had a friend in college. Well, he didn't really start out as a friend. Um, He was in the same major as me, and he was one of those dudes, those of you who went to school, he was one of those dudes that always broke the curve on the tests, you know. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Don't actually don't know what I'm talking about, man. You, 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 we all despise those, you know, those folks. Maybe you were one of those people, man. Hey, kudos to you, you know. But I definitely wasn't, and this guy was. And so, man, you know, we struggled early on, but he ended up becoming a good friend because he was, hey, he was a believer. You know, we were in a pretty liberal department uh, there at school, but he was a believer and wanted to do ministry, and so we ended up connecting, and um, you know, over the next few years, man, you know um did a lot of group projects together so on and so forth but when we graduated moved on um you know i ended up moving on to seminary he ended up you know moving on uh, getting married and then starting seminary a little later he was working at a church uh there in baton rouge i went to seminary in new orleans so he's about an hour away and so we kept in contact talked, um and, and and everything and and then i remember hearing that he found out some some grim news um Uh, He had found out that he had a rare form of lung cancer. Um, Non-smoker, pretty decent health, 26 years old. And, I mean, crazy deal, man. Shocked everybody, like I said, been married just a little bit. Um, And found out, you know, it seemed like, man, you know, things were getting better. And then, sadly, things progressively got worse. um, And he ended up passing away six, seven months later, 26 years old. And I remember this past summer was was preaching at a camp and, you know, ended up stumbling upon, you know, his Facebook page. And this is, you know, five fast forward, five years, four or five years, stumbling upon his Facebook page and, you know, scrolling down and seeing really snapshots of his last you know few weeks of his life. And uh, it was interesting, man. He's was still serving God. You know, he post about man having a chemo treatment, man, asking for prayer. You know? And then serving, hey, we still got Wednesday night church, man. Y'all make sure to come out. Still serving God. Hey, Brother Tom, if, if anybody had an excuse, man, hey, just to just simply quit, man, and say, hey, I'm just gonna coast into eternity, it was him. Brother Rick, if anybody had an excuse, man, to, to follow what Job's wife told Job whenever he was going through that mess, hey, just curse God and die. It was him. But but he continued to man serve God. Serve God. And I came across uh, one of his posts, literally a week before he passed. Um, he was a big, uh, beautiful eulogy fan, as you know. Beautiful eulogy, Christian, you know, a hip hop group, rap group. Um, I think they're pretty awesome, personally. But uh, but he uh, posted a lyric of the song in his final days, man. That just really convicted me to the core, um, slash encouraged me. Because I think it was an ex- he was an example of a life lived well, and this is what he said. It was the chorus of a song that they put out. He posted this a couple of days before he died. So this is my hope and my prayer. The air that I'll breathe in eternity with lungs that never fail me. If it pleases my Lord and only by Your grace, hey, use my life till it's poured out for Your sake. Until then, I'll remain where you have me with joy when I'm feeling unhappy. And a peace that surpasses all my understanding. My life is in the hands of your love everlasting. And when it's my time to go, hey, go ahead and take me home. I know I'll be with you. Man, my buddy Jordan was an example of a life, man, lived well, man. He finished strong. Man, the call for us, hey, no matter where, where we're at in life, man, because, hey, we're here today, gone tomorrow. God can call us home, man, tomorrow. Man, is in the days that we have here, man. Let's finish strong. And by the way, that's not just my call, man. That's Solomon's call. That, that, that's, that's the call of this book at the end of the day. Really, if you were to sum up the whole book in large, right, the, the, the summation of the book is, man, the call for us as God's people to be good stewards of the time that we had left. Not to follow Solomon's example. Man, of wasting time, man, but rather to be good stewards of the time we have left. And so wherever we're at, man, hey, whether you're in the season, man, of raising young ones, hey, listen, man, hey, be all in for that, man, pouring in, investing, man, and giving them Jesus. Whether, man, hey, you're serving, man, on uh, the mission field, if you will, in, in the military, man. Hey, be all in, man, loving those people that you're around, man, and showing Jesus to them. Whether you're in the day to day job, wherever that is, hey, man, be all in for that. By choosing, man, to represent Jesus. But let's be folks, man, that understand God's purpose for our life, man, and choose to walk in.